0: you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Itza. Uh... Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
0: Thank you for being here and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And we're going to be talking all about budgeting and basically how to use the zero-based budgeting method to pay off debts, save and boost your income system that you have done for yourself. But before we dive into the topic, please tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So my name is Aysa Negron. I'm a certified public accountant. And I'm also the founder of Strategies and T, where I provide financial coaching to millennials and Gen Z. And one of my methods is the zero-based budgeting, actually, with my clients as well.
0: I love that. And can you tell us why your budgeting method of choice is zero-based budgeting? Why does this particular budgeting method work best for you or for most of your clients?
1: Yeah, so for me, it really comes down high-level, you know, high-level background. You know, Mm -hmm. I struggled with debt for years, right? And I'm an accountant. And coupled with that was kind of shame and embarrassment, not really wanting to talk to anyone. And I tried those get out of debt quick methods, right? The balance, the zero uh, percent interest balance transfers. Mm -hmm. And I kept finding myself in debt and in debt. And it wasn't until I took a step back and really took a look at my unconscious spending and the root of why I was spending the way that I was, that I was able to kind of regain control of my money and start building that financial plan. And it was really zero-based budgeting, right? Because that zero-based budgeting, the method itself gives you a really detailed view of where your money is going. And studies show that 95% of people, we spend unconsciously, right? We're just yeah. spending, we're not we really, just spend it,
0: yeah,
1: right, you know, it could be, so it's like the little things. And with my clients, I find that it's a very similar situation. And I always tell them the money that you're looking for is hidden in your expenses, like without a doubt. And so I'm a visual learner, so I'm going to put it in an example that I've used publicly um, in my community and then also with clients is, you know, think about a water leak. I'm not sure if you, you know, I'm sure you know someone who owns a house and who may have had a water leak at some point in their life. But when you have a water leak, you're living your life, right? You're going day by day and you don't know that behind the walls there is a leak happening, And this is flowing and the water is finding a home, right? Water can Mm -hmm. slip through little cracks, the big cracks is gonna go somewhere. And it's it's not causing damage
0: yeah, in the background there. It's
1: causing damage in the background. And it's not until you see that damage, right? Maybe it looks like a stain on your ceiling or maybe you just actually start seeing water coming out that you realize that there's been a leak this entire time. And money is just like that, right? Money is like water. So if you don't give it a home, it's gonna find a home somewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, zero-based budgeting method is is a popular but budgeting method, obviously. But I always tell people, and the listeners of this podcast hear it all the time, it's all about finding a budgeting method that works for you. And that's what you did, right? You found yourself in debt. You're an accountant. You know the numbers, but you were in debt, right? For whatever reason it might be, nobody's immune to you know, debt. People have student loans, mortgages, car notes, credit cards, personal loans, medical loans. There's all kinds of debt that people fall into. You found yourself there and you realized that you needed something that was more tailored to you and you landed on zero-based budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share, first of all, define what zero-based budgeting is for people who are not quite familiar with what that really means. They probably might hear it, but like, wait, what does it actually really mean? And then if you can share how this budgeting method can help individuals or families pay off debt more effectively based on your experience, why do you feel that this was a better approach To paying off your debt in terms of what you did practically.
1: Right. Yeah. So, for those of you who are thinking, what is this? What is zero based budgeting? Think of it as a math problem. You're going to take all of your income, right? Any money that's coming in and all of your expenses. And when I say expenses as a blanket term, like also think what you're setting aside for your savings, what you're using to pay down your debt, all of those things, money going out away from you. When you do the math, your income minus money leaving, it should be zero. Right. So you might think, oh, that's like, what do you mean? I'm going to be giving all my money, but it just really means I'm going to assign all my money at home. So if you covered all of your main expenses, even accounted for any of like your variable or some some of your living social expenses and you have extra, then that extra should really go towards saving and debt. The way that I do with my clients is I always prioritize the saving and paying off that debt. Right. Having money set aside towards your debt strategy first, because I think we're so used to thinking about our bills. And then at the end, we say, well, what's left for us? And sometimes it's nothing. So I challenge them and invite people to flip that a bit and say, well, let me set some money aside for my savings, paying off my debt, some money for me and my future, and then make sure that my other expenses are covered. And I think this is really helpful because if you are someone who has a lot of debt or you're trying to figure out what approach to use... Mm -hmm it shines a light on your spending. You're, you're going to take a step back. You're going to look at where all your money is going. In order to assign all of your money at home, you need to see all of your money that's coming in and how it's going out and realign it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely very useful. Thank you for explaining it. And so like you mentioned, zero-based budget, it's basically you get paid that, The money is planned down to zero. Every cent is planned down Mm -hmm. to zero. And it's not necessarily you spending all your money, right? It's that you're giving each dollar a job to do. So some dollars are going to pay debt. That's their job. Mm -hmm. Some dollars are going to be for fun stuff. That's their job. Some dollars are for saving, for investing every dollar down to the last red cent.
1: (laughs) Yes. The
0: last penny, the last lowest currency in your currency. has a job, whether it's paying yourself, paying other people, you know, whatever it is you give every dollar a job, there's no money just hanging around in the lunchroom.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. You want to make sure that it's because like I said, that money is like water. If you don't yes. if you assign it somewhere, it's going to go somewhere. Start
0: flowing in all <laughs> kinds of places, causing ceiling stains, water stains. We don't want that. We want it to de- flow directly into the pipes that we say this water should flow into. That's such a great an- analogy. I recently did a video on YouTube on money leaks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and I used the analogy of if your sink is leaking, you know, you may not realize until you hear the drip drip on the bottom of your sink under the cabinets. So, okay. So I, let's say I want to start a zero-based budget, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got my paycheck. I know how much I'm bringing in, whether it's for my full-time job, part-time job, my side hustle. Maybe I'm going to do some o- occasional sales this month. I'm going to declutter my kitchen, my closet, put it on Poshmark, put it on eBay, put it on Facebook marketplace. So I have an idea of how much I have coming in. What tool, what process, what step now that I know my numbers, what would I use to set up my zero-based budget?
1: Right. So for this, so you know that number, but I invite people and what I do with my clients is what I call a financial audit. So uh, I was actually an external auditor for five years and we would go and we would invest we would look, right We'd see where where the money is going, where it's coming from. and that's what I think is really the first step is understanding how have you been spending your money over time and your money, especially if you don't have um, regular income, how has that money been coming in? So what I invite people to do, Um, is to export all of their transactions. So you can log on to any of your spending accounts. And when I say spending, a checking account, credit cards, any any tool that you're using to spend money and where money is coming in, log in and export the past three months of your transactions. I say three months because it allows you to create an average spend. For example, there are certain bills like groceries or even your electricity that might not be the same amount every month. Mm So taking the three months allows you to kind of create a baseline for yourself and then sit down and categorize each one, right? It might seem daunting depending on how, you know, how you've been spending and the number of transactions you have. And something else is that feelings might come up, right? As you start to see and you're categorizing, you start to notice if you've been writing eating out, eating out, eating out, eating out um, (laughs) multiple times. And because, you know, again, we're bringing it back to that unconscious spending, So if you need to take breaks, I tell people, I tell my clients, like, take some breaks, right? Because it could bring emotions out when you start to realize how you've been spending your money. But once you've brought those things into the light, then that's where you can start to really say, okay, now I can make change. Because it's hard to make change and set up any budget if you don't know how you've been spending in the first place. And so now you've gotten your financial audit done, you've categorized your items, the next step and practical way I say to implement this is to think about your top three financial goals. What are they? Maybe it's I want to pay down my debt. Maybe it's, you know, I want to buy a house, whatever that looks like for you. And then compare those to your top three spending categories. Do they align with each other? And if they don't align with each other, then that is where when you start to build out that zero based budget you have the, now you can regain that control and now you can start giving your money a home that aligns with your, with your goals.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. So I know what my numbers are. Okay. I know my income. So you're saying that once I do that, then go sit and do an audit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, your income, but how have you been spending your money, right? Mm -hmm. Over the last X amount of time, three months, six months, right? Pull out your bank statements, put your credit cards, Feel your emotions where you're eating out all the time, going shopping, spending money here and there. You know, the details you're going to see them when you pull that debit card statement, that credit card statement, and you spend time going through it. Then you're saying, once you know what that is, you have a sense of what you want to adjust. And this allows you to create now your intentional goals. What do you want to achieve once you start to? take advantage of this zero-based budgeting approach. I think that is so important and not just for this budgeting method, but like whatever stage you are in your finances, if you feel like you want to make improvements, Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely something you, you want to do. Know your numbers understand where your money is going, your expenses, set your goals. So typically when you're working with your cl- your clients, it's a, are you using a spreadsheet? Are you recommending them specific apps? Are you recommending specific tools for them to use to craft their zero space budget and not just craft it or create it, but also track it on a day-to-day basis? What are the tools that you recommend for someone who's just getting started now that I've done all these different things?
1: Yeah, so with my clients, I do a bit of both. I'm really big on automation because mm-hmm. I want money management to be fun, right? Sometimes money, even talking about money, it could be very daunting and stressful. Yes. So I want it to be fun and as easy as possible because as simple as the more simple it is, the more you're gonna keep up with it. And so when we start, when we do the financial audit and that assessment, it is very manual, right? I want clients to physically manually go categorize their spending, export their data because I twofold. I want them to know how they can export their transactions, right? Because there's clients that have gone through their transactions and realized that things that they've purchased or they've gone out to eat and the restaurant charged them twice, right? So you might might find some errors, right? You might find things that are subscriptions. One of the biggest thing with my clients is subscriptions too. Things that they, you know, they hit on their iPhone, they subscribe to something, didn't even know that they've been paying this monthly fee of $5, sometimes $15 a month. So that is a very manual process. So going through, categorizing in an Excel spreadsheet um, that I put together, and they'll start to categorize that manually. Then we have made their first initial zero-based budget. And again, this is on a spreadsheet that they'll make that budget. Once they've built this out, they kind of did this work. And the purpose of that is to bring them into consciousness, right? I'm a really strong believer that once things are in your your mind, you're going to be able to flag them, right? You're going to flag them faster in your daily life. And then once they do that, I do leverage an app. Um, You need a budget. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. So yeah, I that's
0: lever- a very popular one. Yeah, you need a yeah, budget. So I leverage
1: you need a budget because it makes it easy. If the client chooses to, they can have their banks um, and their credit cards, their transactions automatically flow into the app. If they don't feel comfortable, there is an actual manual option where they can upload their transactions. And now they've learned how to do that, right? They've learned how to export that mm-hmm. data. So I kind of walk them through the YNAB application, how to use it. And that's what we kind of start tracking and then comparing to that baseline, right? Then we start looking back to say, okay, now that you have this in your hand, when you want to go shopping, you could just open it up on your phone, take a look at it and decide. Then we compare it to how they were spending in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Based on what you said, the variety of different apps, YNAB is a really popular one. By the way, this is not sponsored. If you guys want to sponsor our podcast, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. agree, <laughs> sponsor strategies in T2.
0: But, but there, are many, there are many, many great apps. And, you know, one thing that came into my mind, I, I was imagining myself as someone who is just new to budgeting, right? Mm-hmm. And I can imagine when you're telling them, oh, dig into the data, they're like, oh my God, this is like work. So the truth is that when it comes to getting a a handle on your money right you did this because you wanted to get out of debt you may for whoever's listening might be doing this because you want to save more because you have a specific goal you need to ramp up savings for because you just want to know where your money is going you may also be trying to get out of a lot of debt a little debt whatever it might be you need to dedicate the time and the intention to be successful at mastering your money right Mm -hmm. and this applies to anything in your life anything in your life that you want to change that you want to improve that you want to get good at you want to be better at the time is necessary, right? And understanding how to implement, implement the change is necessary. So the idea of looking at your data, don't look at it as daunting, look at it as an opportunity to get where you're trying to go. And I've also talked about this, I think one of the most recent episodes of this podcast, I talked about when you're in the weeds, you're in the beginning stages, You're going to be very hands-on. But once you've built your systems and your automations and you know yourself and you know your habits better over time, you might be able to relax a little bit with the type of budgeting you use if you choose to, right? So I've gone the full spectrum of budgeting from zero base to 50, 30, 20 to reverse budgeting. (laughs) As I've as, as life has changed, I've gotten more comfortable, you know. So don't feel like, oh my God, this is my new forever life and it's all about data. No, don't don't give yourself any roadblocks that are not necessary that will prevent you from taking action. Right. So I said it's telling you what you need to do to be successful. So think about it that way. Wow, this is success, not wow, this is work.
1: <laughs> right. And I want to add too, one of the things I work on with my clients too is automation, right? Yes. And once we now once we do all that manual work, right? And and it's like you said, it's not it's, made, it might feel daunting at the beginning, but if you think this is what's going to, what I need so that I can be aware of how I'm spending my money so that I can active make, actively make change and decisions, right? This is putting tools in your toolbox, right? Yes. You're seeing this work, this manual work, but what you're really doing and with feedback that my clients have said, when they go out, now they're kind of like, well, why am I going to go out to buy lunch when I actually prepped my lunch? Cause I found out that I was spending too much eating out. Right. So it helps you with your decision-making and also automating your bank accounts. In my program, we also focus on how how what's your banking setup, right? Do you have mm-hmm. an account where all your money goes in and all your money comes out? Well, what if you had two checking accounts instead? And that money that you're going to use for kind of life, right? Eating out, shopping, you know, those kind of activities, you could put that money in a second checking account. And now you could just look at your account balance and say, okay, this account balance is getting low. That means I need to, you know, slow down <laughs> in my spending in this area, right? So there's different ways to automate to make it, you know, easier, but you need to do that groundwork and that foundational work um, to, you know, as your base, your starting point.
0: Exactly, exactly. And just talking about, you know, the way you think about the approach, like you're, you're new to this the way you just thinking about the approach, I wanted you to touch a bit about mindset and what role does mindset, discipline, and just motivation play in successfully using this zero-based budgeting method to achieve your goals. And if you can just share from either your personal experience or from an anonymous client's experience, like how did adjusting their mindset allow them to thrive leveraging zero-based budgeting?
1: Yeah, so I think all of these play a critical role. And then I also would like to add in commitment and consistency, right? We hear a lot about motivation, but if you're having a bad day, you might not really feel motivated. And so I (laughs) think motivation (laughs) ebbs and flows, but if you're committed and consistent, that's what's going to keep you moving step by step. And so, you know, some of the things my clients is sometimes when clients start to work with me, they're afraid to even talk about finance with their partners, right? With their spouses. And it's about building this mindset of, hey, maybe you're not, you don't feel like you are where you need to be right now, but that doesn't have to be your forever, right? It's all about learning. Financial literacy is critical and there's not a lot of access. That's one of my goals to kind of bring financial education literacy um, closer to people. But if you think about you're going to buy a house. I'm a visual person. So I like these visual (laughs) (laughs) examples.
0: I Um, like them too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think it's helpful because again, there's different learners that are listening to this podcast and I want to make sure that I'm catering to everyone. But if you think about a home purchase, if you go to buy a house and they tell you that the foundation of that house has cracks, there's termites, you know, all these things. Well, are you going to buy that house? Or no, you, no. right. You're going to be like, I'm good. I like, keep not-
0: the inspection money. Thank you. I don't want the $300 back. It's okay.
1: Right. I don't, I'd rather that. give you
0: 300 than 300,000.
1: Right. Exactly. So that similar concept, that's our mind. Right. And those termites, those are those, that those negative money thoughts and scripts that we have or any negative thoughts that we have. That's what those termites are. So what you want to do is experience a money mindset makeover and if you're feeling hesitant or maybe you're afraid or you feel like you have to make sacrifices, like, oh, I'm going to have to make all these sacrifices to follow zero-based budgeting or to any budgeting, right? Think about it. I encourage people to think about it differently, right? Instead of thinking about sacrifice, think about realignment, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. one of the things, you know, you said to share like something with my, one of my clients is, you know, my clients feeling that when they were spent overspending, they were living paycheck to paycheck, but they were a high income earner. And one of the things that they were struggling with a lot of my clients are, you know, from the minority community and struggling with boundaries, right? This is also a mindset thing when you're doing budgeting or reclaiming your power over your money, you have to set boundaries with yourself, but also boundaries with others. And one of the things that they struggled with was, you know, if a family member, you know, asked for money or if they were going out with friends, always covering the cost because that's how they were raised to just always cover and be generous, even if that meant that they were racking up debt. Right, or never asking like, "Hey, you know, this person was supposed to pay me back, so she has someone in their family to pay me back." And throughout the program um, or my curriculum and coaching, they started to feel confident to now they understood their debt. Right, we do a debt deep dive. They understand how their debt is working, how their how much their debt is costing them. Right, the interest, and they start to feel comfortable having more of these conversations and saying, "Hey, like, I don't necessarily need to go out every weekend or do this or." If someone said that they were going to pay them back, following up, even simple, like once this mindset starts flowing, simple conversations as well, what can I do to increase my income Mm -hmm. for some people that's entrepreneurship for some people that means a raise. And one of my um, more recent clients, they, because we, we talk about limitless income, right. And they went and actually put together a memo to request a raise from their boss and outlined what they've contributed to their team and all the things that they you know brought to their table over the years that they've been working and so that's why I think the mindset is very important because as you start to feel comfortable and sometimes the uncomfortable is just because you haven't you don't know right so it's about learning investing in yourself to learn then you can start seeing opportunities where before you saw roadblocks
0: yeah those are those are all really 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 good tips and, you know, your mindset is foundational to mm-hmm. every little thing that you do in your life, right? And I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has something in their life. So put finances aside, maybe in your career, in school, in your relationship where you've had to adopt a different mindset in order to accomplish something, take that and apply it to your finances, right? Our our finances are not this separate thing that we, we don't have to make all the effort that we make everywhere else in our life to. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it it ties in so in, integrally to everything that we do our money ties into everything else that we do so those are some really great tips in terms of just like the way you think um, knowing that motivation like you said it ebbs and it flows and so how do you adjust the way you're thinking to make sure that even when you're not feeling on top of your game you have that intention that okay this is what I want to accomplish and I'm going to make the necessary efforts to do it just based on how you've adjusted the way you're thinking
1: right exactly and it's like if you and applying this to other areas let's say you want to become a runner maybe one day you're not motivated to run or the weather you know it's not sunny outside but you can instead say okay i'm going to do some runner stretches at home because flexibility is also important right so when you start tweaking your mindset it you can definitely apply it you'll start seeing opportunities in all aspects as you mentioned
0: exactly exactly so another question i had for you around zero based budgeting was okay i've i've done the whole plan i've worked my zero based budget and then all of a sudden my income changes or i have an unexpected expense how do i adjust how do you how would you advise me to adjust I, i've i've done the data work <laughs> i've done the automations i'm working my plan then income goes down i would need to fix my water heater in my house flat tire how do i adjust for these surprises
1: Yeah. So what I would say, if you have a surprise, as I mentioned, sometimes, usually we have our money, we have our bills, and at the end, we say, what's left for me? But I invite all of you to shift that, right? So your emergency fund, those monies that you're setting aside, that should be built in already into your zero-based budget. So you're already setting money aside for the unexpected, right? And This is really important because when you have money set aside, it turns something that could have been a financial crisis into an inconvenience instead, right? And so you want to make sure that you're building into your budget funds for things that are unexpected, for things that you don't anticipate. to start building what I like to call a financial runway for yourself. Mm -hmm. And this financial runway is how much money do I have? If Let's say I lost my job. And that actually happened to me in 2020. I had lost my job. And in a moment of chaos and panic, I was able to look at my financial runway and say, okay, I actually have money for six months and I'm all right, you know? And so that didn't happen overnight. It happened by setting aside money little by little at a time, right? To prepare for those things. And then additionally, when you have your budget plan ahead. So let's say you've covered all your expenses, you already set money aside, you put money towards your debt, you have your expenses for this month lined up and you still have some money left over, right? Again, we're trying to bring it to zero. What do you what bills do you have next month? Even if it's $10. Okay, well, I'm going to put set aside these $10 for my, you know, cell phone bill next month. And little by little, you're also kind of creating a savings for those expenses as well. And the goal is to no longer be living paycheck to paycheck, but now you're living on last month's income. And I think that's really important um, for people who don't have regular income. So maybe you're a freelancer um, or an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, so definitely creating that, I guess I would call it a buffer account, financial runway account, where you can put money for these unexpected expenses and then build that into your budget as your zero-based budget as uh, an assignment for where the money is going. It's going into this specific account or accounts for surprises or for even planned upcoming expenses.
1: Yeah, and and then could also give yourself grace and flexibility. So, for example, let's say you set aside for groceries two hundred a month, and okay, this month you only okay, use okay. one hundred and fifty a month. Okay. Instead, you could take that extra fifty dollars and say, you know, I'm going to use this extra fifty dollars for you know clothing that I have to buy. So just because you assign your money to certain categories, you know, the bills, right, where, where people are going to come to you for money, you you probably don't have, you have to pay them. But those other categories that are more, you know, eating out, social, maybe groceries, those more flexible accounts, you can adjust your money between them as you need to as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And for someone who has an inconsistent income rate, I think this applies to whatever budgeting method you're, you're, you're making or you're using is essentially looking back at how much you've earned Uh, Mm -hmm. In the last three to six months and drawing an average. So, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, on average, this is what I've I've earned, even though some months were lower, some months were higher. And once you know what your average is for the months that are higher, you know that, okay, I need to be putting more money away because I'm making more than average. And for the months that are lower, you're like, okay, I need to tap on this account to get me back to that average because I'm using that average as a basis to plan my expenses. Mm Mm-hmm. So I also wanted to ask you, are there any situations where using a zero-based budget may not be the right approach for for certain types of people or certain types of situations?
1: Yeah, I think you know, we kind of touched on it just now is that irregular income. So if you have a regular income, so let's say you're, you know, one like you said one month you're you have a higher income, the next month you don't. So freelancers, maybe entrepreneurs or others that that have irregular income. This might, you know, be I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's going to require more effort, right? You're going to have to really be looking at how you're spending and taking that average, which was, I think was an amazing suggestion, Vola, taking the average of how much you've been making and also looking at your year as a whole. So let's say you are an entrepreneur, a freelancer, and a lot of your stuff is more popular during the holidays and the summer months are slow, then, you know, okay, this period of time I need to make sure that I have money set aside for the summer because most of my income comes in the fall and in the winter, mm-hmm. right? So it's also looking at, and then also that could help you if you're an entrepreneur, or freelancer, in terms of marketing. Like, well, what what can I do differently in these slower periods in my business to encourage more, you know, revenue or more sales or more bookings, whatever that looks like? So yes, yeah, so I think that it makes it more challenging, but it's not impossible if your income is irregular.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the great thing about budgeting, I think, is that if you're willing, you can customize any mm-hmm. kind of budgeting method and create a hybrid for yourself to make it work for you. Um like you said, so like we just talked about the zero-based budget, okay fine. Typically best for someone who has a fixed income cuz you can just plan, but then if you don't have a fixed income, if you have a sporadic income, inconsistent income, you can leverage averages. It may not be perfect, Mm -hmm. but it will get you close to zero as you're planning, right? Using the average saying, okay, I'm going to save, like you mentioned more for the save more in the summer months because I'm making more. And then whatever I save in the summer months, I'm going to use it as a buffer in the winter months when I'm making less. So just being able to create hybrids and Mm -hmm. adjust and adapt your budget for you, your personal need is what makes your budget work. Because a lot of times I think when people are budgeting, regardless of the method they choose, as time progresses, it can get more difficult. And it's not because the budget is getting more difficult. It's because their personal situation has changed. Maybe they lost a portion of income. Even getting more income can throw off your budget if you don't plan for the income accordingly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. um, Your budget is a living document, right? It's not not like you set this in stone and like, if I don't hit my categories, I'm a horrible person. Life is ending. You know, this is meant to, you're supposed to ebb and flow. And I tell clients every three months to look at their budget, right? Reevaluate. Does this still align with my lifestyle? Does this still, is this still working for me? What adjustments do I need to make? And also ask yourself the hard question is it the budget or is it me? Right. Because sometimes yes. <laughs> we make the budget, but we don't follow it.
0: Is it the budget or is it me? Is it me? And it's okay to ask yourself that question because the answer will help you adapt your budget or adapt yourself. Exactly. <laughs> change your and budget I, or change yourself.
1: Exactly. And sometimes I find that when, you know, especially when it's a client's first time making a budget, you know, right, you're investing, you're making this, you're making this budget for yourself. And you're like, I'm going to do it. And you make a very strict budget. So I actually allow my clients to make a budget, right? And then I do their assessment and assign their categories and they quickly see that the budget that they created is not sustainable. It's not realistic, right? If you were spending, you know, 400 a month on groceries and then you're gonna come back and say, I'm gonna spend hundred a month on groceries. I'm gonna challenge you a bit, right? And say, okay, you know, why do you think that a $400 difference immediately, like, does that work? Is your, you know, how, what's your family size, right? Like, let's look on data. What's the average spend for your family size? So I think that's, that's an important part too. Like as you're building this out, be realistic, right. And, and give yourself, and that might mean, Hey, I'm going to just reduce my categories by $50 right now. And then you reduce little by little, because you're going to continue to review your data to make the adjustments that fit for you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I have a couple more questions for you and I want to know what is your number one tip for someone who wants to get started with zero based budgeting? So they've listened to everything that we've talked about and they're like, okay, I'm going to try this out. What's the number one tip that you would suggest for them?
1: So, the number one tip I would say is to give yourself grace, right? You're going to be unlearning habits and behaviors that you have been practicing probably your whole life or the majority of your life. And so, it's not going to be perfect. You know, right off the bat, there's going to be work that's required and commitment that's required to yourself. So just give yourself grace, get familiar, maybe watch videos, read some books on all budgeting methods on what zero based bu- budgeting is to get familiar and start by the financial assessment. Maybe your first step is I'm just going to explore my transactions and see how I've been using my money. And then from there, you know, like take it one step at a time and just give yourself grace through the entire process. And if you build your budget and you find that you're you know, going over budget at, at the start, you know, don't beat yourself up or put yourself down and speak those negative thoughts over your life, but instead say, you know what, where, you know, where can I do better? Where are some areas of improvement and how can I adjust for next month? So I think that, you know, sometimes people, they create a budget and then they wait until the end of the month to look back. That doesn't mm-hmm. give you a lot of room, right? To like make the changes. So if you're saying, okay, I'm going to check my zero-based budget every Friday for now. That doesn't have to be forever. Maybe when you first start, you're checking it every week. That allows you to say, okay, I'm actually getting really close to, you know, what I set aside for this particular activity for the next three weeks, I'm going to do this a bit less, right? Give yourself opportunities to win. And then as you get comfortable and get more familiar with it and start building new habits and new behaviors, then you can say, okay, I'm going to look at my budget maybe every two weeks or, you know, once a month but I think just give yourself grace and give yourself the most opportunities for a win as possible.
0: Yeah. I love that. And like you said, don't allow those negative thoughts to start influencing you focus on positivity and what is the action that you can take to Mm -hmm. to get started and to make your progress. Mm -hmm. So I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, this question, what is your clever girl superpower?
1: (laughs) So for me, my clever girl superpower, I'd have to say it's networking, and my ability to connect other people with each other. I think networking is so it's what got me to where I am today, throughout my professional career, through launching this business. And also knowing that it's sometimes not all about you. And really, Mm -hmm. how can you connect others to each other, right? When you um, are a gatekeeper, you're withholding things like that comes from a place of scarcity, right? We're talking about that's a scarcity mindset, behavior because you think that by sharing or by, you know, connecting two people in your network together, somehow you're losing something, but you're actually gaining. Right. And if you come come from it, from a place of abundance and know that, you know, we're all meant to give, I I use this thing, I say, spill the tea. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. when I speak or I'm teaching clients, I tell my clients, like, Hey, like you invested in this coaching program, but I like take what you learned and share it with your family. Like talk to your friends about it, right? Because that's how we're going to uplift ourselves and our community. And so, yeah, I think my, that's my Clever Girl superpower is networking and connecting other people to each other.
0: I I absolutely love it. You know, People think sometimes when they share, they're losing something, you're not losing anything. When you give, you get so much more. So I, I love that, that approach and that mindset that you have. And then finally, please tell everyone where they can find you, learn more about your coaching program, um, learn more about your, your services, etc.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You could follow me on Instagram at strategies and T so that's S T R A T E G I E S A N D T-E-A. You can also check me out on strategiesnt.com. And I currently actually this week just launched my new curriculum-based group coaching program, Ember, where, you know, my goal is to really reignite the Ember within all of us around our personal finances.
0: Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that information in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Aita, for your time and for sharing your knowledge with us.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. Like, I'm really excited. And I think again, right. Two people coming together that have a passion on financial literacy and education. This is kind of what brings me joy and yeah, I'm just so excited for this opportunity and to be on here.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next
1: episode.